Hello and welcome to episode 1061 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, June 3rd. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Can you believe it's already June? Uh, I can and I cannot. Uh, my eldest is graduating from sixth grade in Damn. a few hours. Damn. So that is that is something. Yeah, that is absolutely something. Um, yeah, that's incredible. The way time flies, it's insane. You know, my obviously you have kids in the house, so you got that close uh, measure there. But my my niece, you know, as she kind of the grades are starting to evaporate there, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I remember when you were a baby. But um, you know, even within the baseball season, I can't. I kind of can't believe we're already in June. But then I step back and think about everything that's already gone on, and I'm like, yeah, there's already been a lot. But when you're living yeah. day to day, it's that weird thing where I'm like, it has been a lot because it's been two full months or pretty close to but then also i'm like how is it already june so i'm i'm in that conundrum there but standings are still tight both in the league mm-hmm. we were actually just talking about some mlb standings that are um shocking to us but also in our leagues so even though we are already into june and it's like damn it's june time there's still so much time even if you have a last place team and you probably hear this stuff a lot and you're like ah oh, that gets tired it is 1000 percent the truth do not give up on a squad. There is still so much to change. And that kind of leads us to our topic today about, uh, it's called Mayday. You know, are you worried about these guys? Basically, guys ha- had bad Mays. And a lot of them had great Aprils that we were like, oh, this guy was a find. He's awesome. I, I succeeded with this guy. And it's not even to necessarily shade all these dudes. I'm going to be clear that I like some of these guys still. But just to show you that, like, one month up, one month down, and now here we start kind of at a status quo. And so many guys that are playing crappily right now are going to turn it around still. And maybe we'll get into those guys on Tuesday or something. But I want to know how you feel about these dudes here because they're currently in a downturn. Some of them have some stuff in June, too, these last couple of days that I'm going to include. But for the most part, their struggles were in May, Justin. Uh, but the first guy we're going to start with did have a, a stinker earlier this month as well. Uh, two days ago, it's Garrett Whitlock. So he put up a 573 ERA and a 141 in May in the rotation. And then he put up six, uh, quote-unquote, scoreless on June 1st, but one unearned run, five hits, but zero strikeouts. So I'm reluctant to be super geeked about that start for uh, Garrett Whitlock against the Reds. So if we throw that one into the mix, it lowers the ERA down to a palatable 450. But then you have 24 strikeouts in 28 innings from a guy that we expected, hey, put him in the rotation. He can be a total stud. And I very much advocated for that. I love Garrett Whitlock this year. I still do. I'm torn here because it's not a disaster. Even the 573 from, from May is really propped up by the three innings, five runs against Seattle. But what about this dwindling strikeout rate that resulted in a 0K game from Whitlock his last time out? Are you concerned with Whitlock as a starter, Justin? Yeah, I am. And I think this is, you know, you know, kind of talking about it before you started recording. Like, this is the cautionary tale of, you know, everybody getting excited about an electric bullpen arm moving into the rotation. Like, hey, you know, oh, if, you know, we were seeing it with him. Um, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned Spencer Strider. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is one of the reasons where I really kind of try to pick and choose those guys that I'm confident are going to be able to translate in, into that, you know, kind of role because throw more pitches in an outing and you're going to lose stuff. The yes. question is how much. Um, and, and, and can you back it up? Like how many pitches mm-hmm. do you have that you can go to as well? Are you just a two-pitch guy trying to survive? That's the Nelson Lamette all over again type deal. Yeah. Uh, the changeup's been really good. The slider has been really, really terrible. For, for um, Whitlock? For Whitlock, yeah. yeah. Um, and he has just become uh, almost like a different kind of pitcher. And like we, we've seen it like really kind of show itself – uh, over the you know those these starts since the beginning of May, where he's just giving up a ton of zone contact, like he is pitching to contact and hoping his defense is going to bail him out. Um, you know, you look at that first start in May. Um, you know, it was an eighty percent zone contact rate with an almost eighteen percent swing strike rate, and since that start, he has been giving up ninety percent yep. zone contact. 
Swing strike rates have dropped to the point where they're under 6% in two of his last three starts. 9% um, in the last five total from uh, yeah. May 10th to June 1st for Garrett Woodlock. But, 9%. But that's even propped up by the first two of those yeah. five starts being over 10%. Yeah. It hasn't been over, you know, 7.1% in the last three starts. Like that's, it's, it's so bad. It's so bad. And I think he's just one of those guys that he would have been more effective had they made him the closer, like, you know, or, oh, or a multi-inning guy. Yeah. Why not just like, for me, what I don't understand, I kind of thought, and now listen, I was advocating for this. I, I liked it uh, that, that they moved him in the rotation. I'm not fully out on Whitlock as a starter. And I think they kind of do need him if they're going to succeed. But what I thought was kind of a perfect match was Pavetta and Ivaldi get to do their thing, but then Rich Hill and Waka get one of Halk or Whitlock. Yeah. Why, why weren't you like, I guess the b- bottom line is probably they just don't have the luxury to do that because they don't have enough arms. But man, I, I think that would really bolster your, your rotation, so to speak. If you made those two tandems, your your third and fourth starter, they might almost play better than Yavaldi. And, and you know, a, a Hill-Whitlock combo and a Waka-Hauk combo, those could have been great. Again, I guess it just boils down to the fact that they don't have enough pitching to to afford that luxury. But I did really like that setup, and I love the idea of Whitlock, you know, pitching every fifth day behind Hill, or Hauk doing that, or, or just them having consistent roles. Now Whitlock's in the rotation, which again, I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say I'm I'm unhappy about. It. I wanted that, but I am concerned by some of the stuff that we're seeing, where his his stuff is not holding up. And you mentioned the slider in particular, really mm-hmm. failing him. And that's cutting into the K's. And I am, you know, it's it's a one-off game, but zero K's is always jarring. Mm. It is always jarring, especially, especially when you pitch back. six. Like yes, you know, it wasn't six too. It wasn't like hell. He got blown up in the first couple of innings. He just didn't have his stuff that day. Like he went six in, you know, gave up ninety percent zone contact and did not strike out anyone with his six percent swing strike rate. Like uh, yep. yeah, that's. That's uh, it's super concerning from a fantasy perspective. I have no problem moving on from him. Um, I think in a in 15, 15, it becomes time? 15 becomes a little bit more difficult. Yeah, I think you got to hold at least. You can bench if you want, but I think you got like I depends on what you're going for. Side. But yeah, well, there's a two step next week too, so that changes oh, okay. the whole calculus. Uh, at LA, easy. at the Angels, and at That's the Mariners. A West Coast That's, trip for Whitlock. Okay, like the at the Mariners is is fine. Um, at the end, it's nerve wracking, but I think I mean you got to do it. Yeah, I, think I think you have. If you, if you if yeah, if you if you can't use them for a two step, you know, then like it this, might be like, cut time. Yeah, that that would I would be okay with twelve. I understand cutting ten. I understand cutting fifteen. I'm trying to hold. I'm going to say this: fifteen. I'm starting him this week personally. I'm going to go for the two step on Whitlock, and if I don't mm-hmm. see some turn here, then I'm going to be closer to you on the and- cut. I, I just I just started Tyler Wells on a two step like yeah I mean you you I'm, have I don't have any room to talk you here. put your guts out there and you survived the boss not only survived he thrived in it yeah he and I good. hope he doesn't burn you in the Cleveland one oh God he's going to because that I know it, it it sets up for that just because mm-hmm. you know you got so well it did so well on the Boston one but I really hope that uh, that that it's rewarded for you even though we're competitors because I think you started him in our league that's how I knew mm-hmm. you had yeah. I'm still rooting for you on that just because I mean you really got lucky with the Boston one. I want you to get the full the full go there. But uh, let's move on to our next pitcher, a guy who had a brilliant April. And I do still believe in two because I think he basically got dodgered in May, but Merrill Kelly did have a real big comeback month. Bottom line is though, he kind of just brought his numbers back to like status quo, if you will. 367, 135 is his ERA and whip right now. And that's where Merrill Kelly should probably be. But he did have a pretty uh, stern May to get there. 631 ERA, 171 whip. And as I mentioned, faced the Dodgers twice, including an eight-run disaster during which he allowed nine base runners in two innings. That's doing a lot of the heavy lifting here because his other four starts – Three of them were five innings, three runs, which isn't good, but like those aren't killing you. And then the other was a gem, one run in eight and two thirds. So a lot of it is a a complete dud start, um, but he did kind of get back to where where Merrill Kelly should be. So starting from status quo now, where do you stand on Merrill Kelly? 
I mean, I think this is part of the problem when you got a guy who relies on so much contact to get him ground balls and out of innings when he's having trouble getting the ball down, mm-hmm. um, which what is what the issue was against the Dodgers. Um, it's going to be a long night, um, and he's not a guy. <laughs> or a that, short one. Yeah, well, but that yeah, feels very it, long. That, yeah, it, it, that's, this is true. It's going to be long innings and not yeah, many of them. Yeah, a couple long um, innings and then you're out. Um, you know, the, the big concern for me is the ground ball rate has dipped, you know, below 50% in, uh, over the course of May, um, which, you know, prior to that he was, you know, pretty much 50% every single start or, or better. And, um, and now it's like, I, I'm wondering, I have to go back and watch some of these starts because I'm wondering if he's just having trouble kind of commanding his stuff within the zone mm-hmm. um, and just not being able to, you know, give giving things that are too high up in the zone to hit. So um, because he can't do that, he doesn't have the kind of, you know, swing and miss stuff that is going to work uh, for him. He, he, need, he, he needs to get con- weak contact um, in a place that guys can't drive the ball. So, yeah. I'm I I don't think like he's not a guy like I'm running away from in the places that I have him necessarily. Um is also like not necessarily I mean he faced the Dodgers twice. Yeah, um, two two in, Dodgers outings there. In a um, Rockies team that's not as bad as we thought it was gonna be. So they're actually on the fringes of contention right now, weirdly enough. That's who yeah. we had the good start against. But you your point about the ground ball rate is pretty huge. 47% in April for Merrill Kelly, down to 34% this past yeah. month, uh, with none of them above 44. You mentioned the 50 threshold. He couldn't even get over 44% in any of his starts this past month. So again, the bottom line is he's now quote unquote where he should be. 367, 135. That's about what you're going to be expecting from Merrill Kelly in general anyway. So um, the velo is still up, but it's about, it, it's it's a little under a mile and a, uh, it's a little under a full mile now. So it's not as impactful as it was. He's kind of given back some of those gains. So when you're staring down, um, you know, a trip to Cincy next week, what is the status for Merrill Kelly in a 12 or 15? Uh, give, give your thoughts on both. Uh, for Merrill Kelly at Cincy, is this now something that you're more cautious with in in a 15, or is he pretty much an auto start in 15 still? Uh, I think he's still an. I think he's still an yeah auto start, especially in a good matchup. I mean, Cincinnati, um, they're not like you know a two win team anymore, but they're still not good. Like so that, I, yeah, I'm, yeah, you're not I'm terrified not, of them. If you can't start him at Cincinnati, like where are you going to start him? Like, like you should probably cut him at that point. Yeah, so I, I think you have to roll with them there um in 12s and 15s uh but i think just be a little bit more judicious about when you are starting so i mean if he has you know starts against the giants or starts against the dodgers uh colorado trip to colorado the braves you know um or not the braves the mets um yeah you you maybe even the braves you want to just be a little bit more careful about when you're going to start them yeah, I, I think that's that's totally fair with Merrill Kelly. Um, after that, he actually sets up for another Cincy one. He, he sets up to get them back-to-back. Nice. Um, and then the other both, one... Both in Cincinnati or one's in No, home? the one would be at home, okay. setting up a, t- a two-step at home, Sin and Min. He gets Cincy and Minnesota that way. Hey, week. I like that. So. Yeah, that's a good setup. So Some, some people are going to drop him, so exactly. I would pick him up. Yeah, Even if you don't like him this week at Cincy, if you see him on the wire anywhere, scoop... And then you get ahead of the curve on Merrill Kelly for the 613-619 two-step Cincy Mini at home for Merrill Kelly. So I like that as well, very much so. Now, Hunter Green is on this list, and that's surprising because, yes, the no-hit bid, um, you know, that it came up short but was a brilliant outing, is also included in May. And yet he's still one of the May Day guys here with a 581-145 because outside of that outing, um, it didn't go well actually in the one after that too at, at Toronto but like there were a couple duds there and when you're when you're dealing with a month sample that's gonna happen um he also has an eight earned run outing that had five home runs if I if I lop that one off the May 5th outing he's the 342 for the month so let's be clear we're working on thin margins here but Hunter Green's volatility is perfectly exemplified in his last six starts the eight earned on May 5th two one one 
five, and then four in three and two-thirds at Boston. So he's all over the place. The consistency is the strikeouts, uh, but also the home runs allowed. So uh, where are you on Hunter Green right now, now that we have two-plus months in? He has a 619 ERA, but 64 strikeouts in 48 innings, 152 whip. Is there enough upside here for you to chase this potential danger? Oh, man. Um so, and I was telling you, you know, we like I started playing softball for the first time in, uh, you know, since the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Yesterday, and um, it's it's a it's a co-ed league um, that used to have some weird rules. They, they've they've kind of changed them around a little bit. Um, but one of the rules used to be there are no home runs. So if you hit oh, the ball over, if you hit the ball over the fence, it was an out. And Hunter Green needs to play in this league um, because. <laughs> Uh, when his command isn't sharp, he just gives up bombs, um, which is surprising for a guy who can like, like touch a hundred so easily. I mean, it may be the easiest hundred that I can ever remember. Like, see, he does not look like he's overworking himself in there. No. Um, but there are, I don't want to say consistent. There are times where he just has no idea where the ball is going. Uh, inside or outside of the zone. Um, and that's a problem. Um, so, you know, it's a really live arm and I, and I, and I'm intrigued uh, by it a ton, but there are fire every time you pick him up. Right? Yeah. Like he is, he, he's one of those guys that could go out there and like, he almost did pitch a no hitter um, just cause he'll overpower everybody. And then there are going to be other times where he just, he gives up three or four home runs and you're like, Oh my God, my ratios just got torched. So like if you're in a spot where you can afford to play with that kind of fire, then play with it because it's the upside's amazing. And if you're like, I, I hate these guys in 15 team leagues yes, because there's nobody on the wire to help you fix your ratios. Yes. But, Um, but, but if he, is available like you know green is too tantalizing to pass but you know you're getting so much risk that you're taking on in a 15 and if he blasts you with eight earned you're gonna be working that off for a week and a half Mm -hmm. by the way um joe girardi was was fired oh i was was, we were about to talk about kniebel here and i was like he's gonna get fired let's let's finish up on green but i just wanted you to know that before as we get into the uh i'll move kniebel up to our our next talking point here but let's finish on green so we know that was a weird sentence um we know that the upside can be rich he has a two-step next week hunter green definitely got to be available in a in a decent number of like tens let me get his roster rates 40 yahoo 31 ESPN. So plenty of availability in 10s and maybe even some 12s. Um, Hunter Green, home to Arizona at St. Louis next week. What are you doing in the shallower formats? Um, Let's say you do not have a substantial pitching need. You're just fine. You're a good run-of-the-mill team. Where do you go with Hunter Green on the wire? I I leave him on the wire. I mean, in Dynasty Keeper Leagues, obviously. Yeah, anything where you can keep. Um, but in a redraft, like, I just don't want that volatility on my, on my roster. Like it's just, I mean, even in a dynasty league, like I I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast, I traded him in my three sport dynasty league for Christian Yelich. I remember Um, that, that we talked about that around the no hitter. Cause you're mm -hmm. like, ah, dang, I traded him, but you got Yelich who's been great. And then, Uh, he was green was good the next time out, but then the two cents haven't been. And the tough part is, I'm guys like this too. Let's just say you picked him up after the no hit bid. You got the great start at Toronto, which you might have sat him for. Mm-hmm. But let's just but say you, you definitely ru- ru- uh, threw him out there for Chicago. For the, like for I mean, you ate you ate the Cubs right there. Like. Yes, five earned in five innings. But let's say you were brave enough to go for the Toronto one. He's giving you a 491. Because I, I would say most people probably sat him at Boston. We will, we will say the consensus yeah. probably sat him at Boston. But if you picked him up after the no-no, you got two starts. You got a 491 so far with 15 base runners in 11 innings. That's a 136 whip with 12 strikeouts. I just, I don't know. I, I like Hunter Green. I want, I want him to be great. For me, this just isn't the year. I'm going to be keeping track of him for next year. And, be, and be He's going to be one of these guys, or it feels like he's going to be one of these guys that people are chasing for a really long time. Because like, the stuff is so good and overpowering that he's, he's, he's going to be one of those guys going like pick 
Tristan McKenzie like, right? Like where it's like people, you know, it's yes. a different different downside because of the injuries. Um, but where people will continue to put him in like the 160 to 170 range in ADP because they see the upside. And I just those guys I tend to stay away from because as much as I love their upside, like their downside crushes your roster. Yeah, and I don't think you'll go broke fading fading this profile type, this electric profile type that is raw as hell, like Hunter Green. I think more often than not, letting everyone else kind of mess around with that until they become established. You might miss out on the on the quick breakout sometimes, but the overall profit is there to to avoid that that player type. I totally agree with that. Quick quick aside here, it's not on the list, so pardon me for springing this on you. Who the hell's Graham Ashcraft? on the reds oh i wrote him up last night yeah, exactly uh, so let's let's uh i figured you have at least a little something on that so i could spring it uh what are we doing here is this connor overton part two remember he was pitching well for the reds as well like what what's up with graham ashcraft give us give us a little rundown here um ashcraft is really really interesting he's got three usable pitches um he does not get strikeouts or at least he has not at the uh, major not to this level point. yet yeah. Um, but he's done a really good job of uh, not walking guys, which has been kind of, I think, the issue sometimes in the minor leagues. Um, he does not give up home runs. So, like, the profile will work in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, like, even throughout the minor leagues, like, he does not is not he's, giving up. He's, like, extreme ground ball. Yeah. Like, he gets a, a ton of ground balls. Um, he was uh, he was pretty impressive last night. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, the slider w- was impressive. Uh, sits in about 90, 96, 97, 98 um, on the fastball. Um, yeah, I uh, and he's got a really nice two step coming up. I believe I should. Here, I got you. Um, he, yeah, think, he has the Arizona at St. Louis one that Hunter Green does. Yeah, so, um, yeah, uh, the, the slider was super impressive. I do think there are going to be some growing pains, but I also think there's a chance we see some more strikeouts coming. He's shown more strikeout ability um, in the minor leagues. Right now, he's pitching a contact. He's letting mm-hmm. the defense get him out of trouble. Um, it's working. So it's, it's been working. I want to kind of – I think right now you can pick him up in a deeper league, especially for that two-start. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe at 12, it, depending on how – deep the rosters are um but he's mostly like a watch list guy does the swing and strike rate start to come up does he start trying to get some more strikeouts because right now i mean he's got like a 93 percent zone contact like an eight percent swing and strike rate that's not super interesting especially on a bad team in a bad park Mm -hmm. um even though he he should keep the ball in the yard no problem but if we start seeing the swing strike rate tick up and the strikeouts tick up um, and the contact numbers come down, I think he could be really interesting. Um, yeah, Ashcraft, it's Graham Ashcraft talking about 24-year-old, you know, organizational-type prospect. He was 17th on the Cincy report. But it's it's command, and I think we've actually seen some better command from at the major league level. He got a 40 out of a potential 50 in his scouting report. I think at least the brief bits that I've seen – um, he's showing about average command. And if he has that, I think there could be a bit more here with that heavy ground ball rate. For fantasy purposes, we do need the strikeouts to go up 13%. will not cut it. But he throws 98. He's got a 96, 97-mile-an-hour cutter. And then the mid-80s slider. I mean, there's there's lots to like here. He's got the, the four-seamer and sinker split. So technically he has four pitches, even though it's kind of like – two pitch sets split out. Mm-hmm. It's basically fastball slider, but then he throws in the sinker and he throws in the cutter yeah. to make it a little bit more mixed up. So I, I'm kind of intrigued. What would you say maybe just randomly to the exact dollar, what would you bet on him in like a 15-team main event just for an example oh. out of nowhere, just like for no reason, just the I mean, exact dollar that you would put on? The exact dollar? I think he's like a $26 guy. Okay, okay. Um, Let's see if I put $26. He's spe- yeah, especially if you are – you know, at a point where you only got like 250 something dollars left. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, yeah, he Dalton put on him. Dalton only has $15 left. Oh, yeah, that's true. So Dal- Dalton, we have can, to get Dalton on soon. We got to talk it, about this whole season. That he's well, had. 
I mean, I think Sunday would be a great time to get Dalton on because he doesn't have to do much fab work. That's true. He's very, he's very free, at least for our yeah. league. He has $15 left. So, yeah, a little Graham, Graham Ashcraft aside there. Keep an eye on him. I like your take. Uh, everything there, mixed le- or deeper league, you're starting to see some potential interest. 12, maybe keep him on your watch list. 10, you don't have to, to worry fair, about right now. I didn't know who he was to. I didn't either. I didn't like, either. I, I, I saw the line last night, and I was like, Huh, interesting. I'm gonna go and I, you know, I just turned on the archive, um, on on the app, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like, well, something, you know, well, something to see. Mm -hmm. And you know, they've had such a disastrous year that we're kind of like discarding everything, but they've had a few interesting things pop up. You know, Brandon Jury was a uh, a a big fab guy at at a point. Stevenson is kind of fulfilling the promise that he had. Cal Farmer having another heater, making me look dumb. I roast him all the time, uh, but then Graham Ashcraft. I mentioned Connor Overton. Now he ended up getting hurt pretty substantially. Um, he's on the sixty-day IL, but he was pitching really well out of nowhere. He had a one eighty-two ERA, point eighty-nine WHIP in his first twenty-five innings. So the Reds, despite the disastrous season, have had a few things kind of sprinkle in that haven't been too bad. Now let's get to Philly. They don't have a man. They have a new manager now because Joe Girardi is out. Corey Knievel has been bad, and you were hitting on a point that you wanted to expound on here about teams that have good players but horrible construction. And the first thing I said before you said anything was, oh, like Philly, and you were like, specifically them but others too. So talk to us a bit about that, and then we'll get into Knievel specifically, who's had a a, a tough uh, last few outings. Yeah, I I can't remember a season in which there was such a huge disparity between teams with really good players and really poor roster construction versus really not talent rich teams with great roster construction. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I mean, and we're talking, you know, when you say about bad roster construction, I'm talking about the Phillies, the Braves, um, the Yankees and the Yankees have just made it work, but imagine how good they'd be if they didn't have like all these guys who can't play defense um, or, and are like, like 35 years. I mean, Matt Carpenter is like just crushing the ball. (laughs) They're a lead off hitter, dude. Like weirdly like this is for it, to be honest, even though it's positive for the Yankees, three homers, I'm here for it. The mustache. I like, these are not our dad's Yankees. Like these are not like, these are not evil empire. Mm -mm. The Yankees have not won a championship since like I was in high school. That's why it's hard to hate them anymore. Yeah. I just, I still kind of inherently do to tweak Yankees fans, but I love so many. I still hate Yankees fans, but they're their team in general. I don't They have a lot of likable players. Like I, I I find myself enjoying like Rizzo has a dachshund. So he's inherently cool. Like Yankees fans, are like cowboys fans yes. now, like right it's like they're just holding on you f- to the past this is the older brother in napoleon dynamite like <laughs> i used to throw that ball over the mountain oh, no, uncle like, rico uncle yeah. oh, right, uncle rico i can throw, right, that football, sorry, yeah. I can throw his football over that mountain right there mm-hmm. yeah you're, you're exactly right about that it's like you you can i still clown on yankees fans of course but again more in like a you're kind of sad now yeah, the, talk about the, 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 the 27 is how many years since they've won a championship, not not the rings anymore. So, um, all <laughs> so, right, okay. well, now that we, we just thought we just yeah, exactly right, let's, the uh, let's talk the about this. What's going on here? So, they, they say we got to move on from, from Girardi, they are 22 and 29, they're underwhelming, they've had big expectations every year. And one of the pieces that I did really like was the acquisition of Kniebel. And I thought, okay, they got themselves a real closer. And I thought they were really starting to set up a bullpen that could be good. Like there's pieces there that, that could absolutely work. Um, I've been a Sir Anthony Dominguez sucker uh, for, for a while. Health has actually kind of started to get him recently. But like, I'm like, okay, Knievel set in the closers role. Now you can try to backfill from there. And he'd been mostly great. Is this just a blip or is there reason to be concerned over his last uh seven outings he's given up runs in four of them one of them was an unearned run but he still gave up three base runners in that run in in that outing bottom line is it's six and two-thirds innings 12 base runners six runs four of them earned two homers Kniebel in trouble or a blip um mm, this is tough uh anytime a guy is giving up runs in the ninth he's in trouble like i mean unless he is a like certified stud um yeah with like you know like kenley gets leash to, yeah to have but who are they going right. to are That's they going the to, now like, dominguez is pitching well the aforementioned like yeah. I, I didn't just bring him up 
out of nowhere. He is pitching well. He's been a closer on this team uh, back in 2018. Would the new guy, the interim, I think they said somebody named John Thompson, or Rob Thompson, excuse me, named interim manager, would he maybe want to mix it up right away and get somebody new in the closer's role, or does he not want to rock the boat that much? I don't think they're going to rock the boat that much. Um, like, I mean, yeah, Jurdy like is the one who got knifed, but like, he is not the reason this team is set up the way it is. Like it's He's a like guy. this, this was, um, like Dombrowski, like this is just a really, really poorly constructed team. Um, I love Dombrowski, but his constructions are not always great. Like that's I could, I could see Kniebel start to share the role with like Brad hand. Um, based like on matchups, yeah, lefty. playing playing matchups more, which um, I'm actually I've been super surprised like how much they've gone to Kniebel. Like I really thought they would be a little bit more cautious with him considering his injury history. Um, so I, I would not be surprised if we start seeing him play a little bit more matchups. But I think it's still I think Kniebel still got a, a fairly good hold on the job at least for right now. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, in, you never know. I mean, I guess a manager could say, "I'm going to change things up." But would, would you would you spec on hand or Dominguez? Um, and if so, in what scenario? Like saves desperate, saves. Interested? I think maybe saves desperate. I okay. I'd spec a little bit on on hand. Um, I guess on Dominguez uh, you can too in a 15 team league, like a 10 or 12, you can find other things out. There, yeah, but don't, don't worry about it there, and don't cut Knievel anywhere. No, no, do not cut him. Because nothing's been announced. This is just acknowledging that he's had a, a cold snap there uh, with, with, with those few blips. And the two homers were against the Mets and the Giants. You know, you didn't give it two yeah. Pirates homers or some garbage, you know. Even though the Pirates, badass team, they <laughs> destroyed the Dodgers. They swept them, and they took the season series as well. They beat them two or three at home as well. So they're, they're in the playoff race, five and one. They really are right right now. They All they need to do is bring up O'Neill Cruz. And just really get O'Neill Cruz up, man. Just get Mitch Keller to use that extra velo for some good here. Uh, all right, let's talk about another closer, one that I had zero concerns about, one of my absolute favorite pickups this year in or pick drafts uh this year in taylor rogers now we're going to include some uh june with him his his outing yesterday was absolutely horrendous and it really is very recent he doesn't quite fit this but i wanted to talk about him so i want to just be clear i'm kind of cheating here he had one bad outing on the 28th but then yesterday four earned he's given up seven earned in his last three outings just completely ravaging his era like Taylor Rogers just gave back all the quality. He's now at 327, which is whatever for a closer. Still has a .86 whip, but what the hell's up with Taylor Rogers in his last three outings pitching horribly? Are you concerned? I'm not concerned. Okay. I mean, uh, it's too you better be right. <laughs> it's just two bad outings. Yeah. Um, and uh yeah, I mean, one one. The, the Pittsburgh one, like, yeah, he gave up the homer, you know, but and Pittsburgh like is amazing. Don't forget, yeah, yeah covered that competitors, right? Like Michael Chavez, season right now, baby. Um, and it was yeah, a Brian Hayes homer, at least, too. It wasn't like Red Dolph. There you go. Actually. So it helped your fantasy team while yeah. you heard it as well. Um, yeah, I'm not super worried about Rogers. Uh, okay. the only the only scary part about Rogers is the fact that he pitches on a team that has other options, like they have, yeah. you know, and they're. You know, like we said in the last episode, I think Preller is going to be aggressive at the deadline. So, mm -hmm. like, could they potentially go, hey, we're going to go get a guy, you know, a right-hander for the bullpen that's a stud, um, you know, for at the deadline? Like, they, they definitely could. What if they bring Lanson um, back? Oh, God. Oh, God. How much of that fucking earth? Just ruin everybody's just, life and put yeah. him right back in the role. Mm -hmm. um, left they definitely up. could. Um, you never so, know, Crowler. But I, I'm not too worried either. But it is, you know, when you get jammed up for seven earned in uh, in in. I mean, it yes, it sucks. But he's still span. got a three forty four FIP. Yeah, um, like and a great know, whip, a billion saves. May, like, yeah, like and he's not he his five walks since the beginning of May, like and that's you know that nine he has nine saves and five walks. Like that's that's fine. Like he's <laughs> that's he's, pretty good. That's yeah, good. He's, he's he's gonna be fine. All right, all right, good. Then I'm I'm talk I'm talked off the ledge for now. 
Um, let me just look at one thing. You you can drop him in our league if you uh, no, I actually don't have him in that league. Oh, Striker does, of course. Of course, Jets he does. That yeah. does. Well, you good. Know. Then I I'm glad he got blown up. <laughs> so he was 94-4 before those outings. He's 94-8. And he, so he's, he, his velo is actually up uh, yeah, almost I'm, a half tick in this. There's, so, there's no, no reason to be worried. There. All right, let's talk about some hitters then. And uh, I'm pretty sure this guy was bad in April as well, but particularly awful in May was Javier Baez, quite literally the worst in baseball in terms of a WRC plus standpoint. 23 was his WRC plus. And Justin, you know, I watch Tigers every day. So I've been watching this and it's, it's the stereotypical thing of he can't hit sliders. And so the AL is like, oh, I don't know why the NL didn't throw you more of these. Here's a billion of them. His slider rate that he's seeing, uh, seeing them is at a career high 33%. His strikeout, or excuse me, his fastball rate is at a career low 38%. The, the AL has taken the obvious script in front of them and embraced it. I don't know why the National League didn't do more of this, but no fastballs and a bunch of off-speed stuff for Baez has got him twisted. 55 WRC plus on the entire year. 197, 236, 306, three homers, no steals. Is Javier Baez cut worthy in a 10 teamer right now? In a 10 teamer? Yeah. Yeah, I think he is. Um, what about 12? I think he is. 15 yet? I think he is. I think, I think you can. Uh, yeah, I think he is. Like, I think he's cuttable everywhere. Um, it doesn't mean you should necessarily kind of depends on what you're picking up. Like, I don't like Ramon Urias. Like, is that the, is that like someone you're, I don't know that I want to cut him for Ramon. What about Tyro Estrada in a 15? No, I'm not cutting him for Tyro Estrada. Um, Um, Sheldon Noisy. Andrew Velasquez. Mm -hmm. I don't love it. I don't love anything. Luis like, Guillorme. I'm not. I know I'm not hitting you with no. the best names here. Um, what What if you could do it? Okay, let me see if I can find just like a, a standard, like a not just a middle infielder. Maybe you can finagle your lineup around. I can't really find anything in a 15 right now. At least in our main event. Um, let. I'm gonna say you probably can't find anything enough to cut Javier Baez in a 15. You can bench him. But I'd probably hold. But in a 12, let's talk a little bit more in the 12 range because that's where I think the actual tough decisions are going to start coming like this week. Would you prefer – okay, his teammate, Jonathan Scope, who is in the beginning of a scoping for 12, in a 12-team, mm. would you go Scope for Baez? I think – I don't think I would, but um, that's really close. Um yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm doing that. What about the aforementioned Carpenter, Matt Carpenter? Lead no, off. I'm not. No. Okay, I just <laughs> no, want to see where you are with it. No, uh, um, another aforementioned guy, Michael Chavis. This I would do. I think I would too, man. Because what steals are you losing? He hasn't stolen. Not that yeah. he won't, but like Chavis actually has a steal. I don't know. And Chavis, you know, I, that, I think it's so crazy that we're considering this, but I absolutely would. Yeah, I, I think I would. would. Um, I have Chavis in a number of leagues. So um, do I. So we have bias there. We last like two last two weeks, Chavis is hitting three thirty three with two home runs and a stolen base. Um, you like it? He's gonna have the ups and downs that Baez will. But um, like, what do you think the O swing right now is on Baez? I'm gonna get honestly. I'm gonna guess like sixty two percent, which it, I know it, it, it's om, it's almost fifty percent. It's forty. Yeah, I was gonna say fifty, like, but I wanted to go some a silly um, number. Like it's it's really really gross. And I mean, the crazy thing, his own contact rates are up. Like it's the best we've seen since 2018. Oh, um, but he's just swinging so much out of the zone. Like yep. he clearly cannot like. You almost wonder, like, is he having eye issues at this point? Like, because he just... just flails at these sliders that were never a strike, too. Yeah, I know it's easy for me to sit here and judge from my chair. I get that, but like, it, it is it's just it's been this way forever with bias. It's just like I said, the American League seems to have taken the blueprint and amplified it. And I don't know why the NL didn't do more of this in terms of not throwing bias fastballs. He is the he has the highest swinging strike rate of his career, twenty one point seven percent. 
swing trick rate. Like that, he that is, um, that's horrendous. It's 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 atrocious. Like I, uh, I understand not wanting to cut him for these kind of guys um, because you paid such a high draft bonus. And let's be honest, the upside is still amazing. Yes. Um, but he I will be better. Under- I believe, like I firmly yeah, believe well, that. It can't Plus, be worse. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, he will be better. But it's one of those guys that you cut. Again, we've talked about this idea throughout the year you cut knowing that like hey a this could burn me or b i could end up wanting to go back to him but right now in a shower format i can't continue to hold Baez. yeah he should not be on a raw i mean he should not be on a roster in in tens for sure 12s probably yeah and i think 15s is where you start really picking and choosing your battles yeah depending on what's available i totally agree there as crazy as that seems to say feels to say and you know it's too early to say that to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. You know what's crazy? Do you know what his strikeout rate is? Is it not crazy high? Is it like 28 percent? It's 25 percent. That is kind of weird. So it's a bunch of shit contact then, because you mentioned yeah. that it's contact that he's making. But that like, and so yeah, the 248 bad with a with a 22 percent swinging strike rate, like that's so, which means the strikeout rate is going to go way up. Yeah. It has uh, to. He's. He, I wonder if he's just changing his approach as soon as he gets the two strikes. Yeah, and just like pure contact, but it's not good contact. Mm-hmm. It's not good right now. If you do cut Baez, do the little watch list thing on whatever site you're on. You know, make sure you have the little thing so you keep tabs on him. Because again, you might want to return to him. I would not be surprised to eventually see a heater, but as I watch him day to day, I'm like. This is, you know, it's so early. It's 40 games into, what, a six-year deal. But this is why I didn't want Baez because mm-hmm. of the of the plate profile. The defense is still amazing, by the way. And um, he made a defensive play the other day that was pretty bad that I think uh, really worried Alex fast. And I want I just want Alex to know, um, don't worry. It was a bad play, but his defense has been quite good. Uh, at least anecdotally, I, I guess I can check the like outs above average and everything. But me watching Baez day to day, I feel like the defense has still been a strong part of his game. It's just there is zero hitting. Yeah, outs above average, ninety fourth percentile. So he's still brilliant in the in the field and adding value that way. But he's dreadful at the dish. Let's yeah. talk about Jesus Sanchez, who has hit a couple of moonshot homers, including one in Coors recently that has brought him back on the radar in a positive way. But after a solid April, uh, Sanchez went in the tank a bit and he's got that volatile profile, that all or nothing, you know, prodigious, prodigious power, but tons of swing and miss. So he put up an 839 uh, OPS in April with a couple with three homers, but then 513 here in May uh, with just two homers, 213 Babbitt, but 27 strikeouts and 81 plate appearances as well. Is this just the Sanchez experience, or do you have some concerns uh, about the young uh, center fielder for Miami? This is a Sanchez experience. Um, like this, he's going to have ups and downs. Uh, there are going to be times where, like, he feels unplayable. He got dropped in my Tout Wars league mm-hmm. um, a couple weeks ago, and I, I had him as a backup bid, but I really needed an infielder. Um, so that's who I ended up going with. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is kind of who he is, I think. Um, you know, and there are going to be times where he's frustrating own, but man, the sweet times, that's that's when you're going to be really, really, really uh, kind of enthralled by him. And this mm-hmm. is why people were like, he was one of these uh, sharps sleepers where people, you know, really, really smart people in the industry, including our buddy Vlad Sedler, were all over Jesus Sanchez. Um, but this is why I've, I was a little bit more cautious because the contact issues, especially swinging outside the zone are going to be a problem, uh, you know, and, and lead to these slumps. But uh, you, you know, when, when the Jesus, there's no scoping for Sanchez. (laughs) Sanchezian. Uh, Sanchezening. When he is on a holy run, uh, Jesus is, um, then you, you want to ride the hot streak because I mean and it, it looks like that one is coming right now. Um, so yeah, 
Yeah, he uh, is. I, I would pick him up if he's been dropped in a league and, and kind of ride the streak, but be ready to drop him again because it's, you know, he's he's going to be a guy that I think at the end of the end of the day you're like, oh, you know, I you know the the numbers are okay for where I got him, right? Yep. Especially if it was off of the wire. Um, I think that but, as well, with Sanchez. But, but, but there will be, you know, you're trying to ride the wave and timing those can be difficult. And this is a player type. We talk about this all the time as well, but like manage to your style. If you don't like to mess with these player types that are big time wave guys, then don't do it. But it can be a great way to stream. We always talk about streaming pitchers. You can stream hitters in shower formats mm-hmm. in 10s and 12s. I think you can a little bit in 15s. In fact, I think that's one of the things that Phil talked about doing last year in his big successful season was streaming some back-end hitters, but particularly in 10s and 12s where the, where the wire is so robust, you can absolutely stream. And uh, riding a guy like Sanchez or even Scope himself who's in the middle of a scoping, you can absolutely get that done. So um, there will be yeah. downsides. But I think he's going to hit like 235 with like 23, 24 home runs. Like he's he's fine. Like Yeah, I think he'd push 30 if he wasn't in Miami, but I agree. I think it's going to be. I, he needs to raise the launch angle if he's going to hit 30. Like he, he's uh, got like, I want to say, I'm going to double check. I don't I don't want to give bad information. He's got a six degree launch angle and he's oh, yeah, putting the ball on the ground like uh, a little bit too much. I want to say it's around 50% of the time. It's 51. So, yep. You're right. Yeah, so like he needs to raise the launch angle a little bit. But if he does, then you're looking at a guy like that could be a 30 plus guy. Um, okay. I mean, there's legit, like he's got legit 70 grade power. Like it, I think it's, it's not... yeah, I think it's definitely in the future that we'll get that 70 grade power yeah. coming from uh, Jesus Sanchez into 30 home run capability. He's one of those guys that next year I may be on because I think yep. if he, especially if he doesn't hit 20 home runs this year, like he's going to be a guy that uh, people kind of go, I'm done with, and that'll be the time to buy. Exactly. It definitely depends how he finishes. If he hits seven mm-hmm. September homers, his price is going to be through the roof because yep. everyone's going to be predicting the 30 homers next year. But if he sputters and needs a downturn and he has like a 414 OPS in September or something, then the price is going to go way down. And then you, you and I are going to pounce like crazy. All right. Our last guy here, not somebody who is supposed to be the volatility of a Sanchez. In fact, quite the opposite. This is a guy you'd recommend to maybe get to balance out a Sanchez in Alex Verdugo. And yet here he is on some crazy volatility wherein he had a, uh, and by the way, he wasn't that great in April either. So this wasn't a big April turned into crap May. This was like a palatable April turned into a disaster May. Alex Verdugo hit 219, 250, 302 with zero homers. Not a huge power guy anyway, but zero homers in in a month, zero steals, bad batting average. Everything went wrong. Bad month or reasons for concern with Alex Verdugo? Mm. Uh I want to, I want to, I want to like stay the course on this one. Like I'm going he, to. he still has a 289 XBA for the yep. season. It's because he's striking out 11%, which is a five-point dip. Um, swing strike rate is down in correspondence with that nicely. It's a 245 BABIP. Best zone contact of his career. Yeah, like, like I can't see reasons to hate for Dugo. No, uh, and, and it hurts because, like, he is on my main event team right now, and, like, I'm – like I got him for batting average, and that is not – he is not no, producing is not batting average. That. Um He's not really producing anything, uh, but I think this is a buy low opportunity. I mean, 245 Babbitt for the year. Like, I just think he is a better player than this. Um, And yeah, I think, uh, I think this is a guy that if someone is dropping him in shallower formats or uh, is it, you know, putting him available via trade, like this is someone I'm buying on right now. I mean, if I were you, I'd cut him in a 15. Oh, yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I like, I'm just get. I'm trying to help you out. Like I'd stone mm-hmm. cold cut him. I'd actually, yeah. if I were you, this is just what I'd do. Mm-hmm. I'd reach out to Greg. And see if I could just trade him. Yeah. Well, no, just asking for special dispensation to cut him today, so you don't have to deal with him on the weekend. Oh, yeah. And then you know, no one will touch him in Fab. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I think you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. If, I mean, it's not fair that you would get special rules, but I think. I think we can make an exception. I would co-sign. Yeah, absolutely. I'd co-sign uh, for you. So let's we'll see if we can get Verdugo. Just kind of cut off your 15 team. Just that one main event. Maybe I guess that is the league that I'm in. I hadn't really thought about that 
before. Oh, you hadn't thought about that. No, I hadn't actually. I, that hadn't even crossed my mind. <laughs> but I got Greg <laughs> on the horn right now. Here he is. Hey, Greg. Uh, yeah. No, obviously you're not cutting in fifteen. This, this is 12. this is the team of the the disappointing outfielders. Yeah, no, Brian is, Brian Reynolds has finally turned it around. He, he's this finally is the team of um, similar outfielders though too, right? Because yeah. Brian Reynolds, Andrew Benintendi, and Verdugo. And I have Robbie Grossman on the IL. I guess. So you do have four of the same outfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're staying the course, obviously. I completely agree with that. Tens, you're scooping him for sure yeah. off the wire. Yeah. Tens and twelves. If he if he ends up on the wire, um, and I mean, you know, and if he's not on the wire, like right. this is the time like he's a like this is a perfect example of like going and trying to get uh, you know, trading like a you know, if your pitching is great, trading a great pitcher for two underperforming hitters like this is i think verdugo is a great target i completely verdugo is one of those guys i think was really undervalued coming into the year totally agree and i think it it depends who has him in your league you know somebody like mm-hmm. you you know about him and we're not in a trading league but like if it was somebody who kind of took him just because like oh, he's on boston and he has a good projection here and they they're not like a huge verdugo believer they might be inclined to jump and say oh i'll mm-hmm. trade him i don't have an allegiance so yeah I, again, I start at a discount, but I'm also willing to pay something that's pretty close to what would be the market price of of when he was when he was drafted because he wasn't that expensive to begin yeah. with. And I just can't see how he remains at 235, 273, 352. He's been doing too much good stuff and just not getting rewarded enough for it. Um, so I'm not really worried here. I don't see any uh batted ball profile changes that have mm-hmm. me concerned. His hard hit rate isn't even down that much. It's it's two points down according to Statcast. barrel rates actually up a tick like verdugo has to have a mega heater well a mega heater for him he's never going to be hitting like eight homers in a month i don't believe but i do like verdugo quite a bit so mm-hmm. there's a bunch of guys that are struggling we kind of bookended it with red Sox there sorry red Sox fans that's just uh that's just how your month went there with whitlock and verdugo not doing well a lot of guys were staying the course on um justin we're kind of hitting a transition point right now mm-hmm. where spending is going to come down in fab, right? Because yes. we're running out of money. How do you adjust for that? Do you just have to kind of mentally adjust and kind of hope the market's there with you? Cause there is no like set way to do it, but prices have to come down, right? As, as budgets start to dry up, especially in the NFBC world where there was thousand dollar budgets that everyone now is kind of living more in the 500 and below. Yeah, I, th- I mean, prices will start to come down. They'll come down even more next month as people really start ramping up for football. Yes. Um, you know, and I mean, I think you're going to start seeing people start to give up and start to, you know, this is why I keep a spreadsheet for every single one of my leagues. And in e- in each league spreadsheet, like, I have fab prices. So I want to track, like, where these fab prices are going week to week. Mm-hmm. um and Very kind smart, of in, it's something that i picked up from someone else honestly um i might have been dave mcdonald or uh another nfbc guy like um and i'm sorry i'm not giving the proper person credit but uh if, if you're the person that me, uh told me about it then please feel free to reach out and i, I will plug you next episode i always, I always feel bummed when i can't give proper attribution but at least i know that i'm not taking credit for something yeah like so, so this was trying to make sure of this was something because i mean this is something i've always kind of done but i've just done it in my head right like but it just when you play in a ton of leagues at some point you have to start tracking this stuff and you miss it. Me, you, i know you that. miss things yeah um and so usually people have uh have tendencies right like mm-hmm. they bid with a certain the same numbers or especially the same second number oh my um, god colin will not let us bid certain numbers and sometimes i forget and i'll say and he's like okay and he'll say like plus one of that like, mm-hmm. like, you know let's say for example i say uh let's do 29 and i would never do a nine number anyway but he'll go okay 30 we got it like he'll always just add the one because he is there's certain numbers that he will not end in and i love it because yeah, yeah you don't want to have those certain patterns people do gravitate towards certain and i and i and i change my numbers every week like i yeah i mean that's that's the way to go yeah uh, usually usually i'm running with three four six seven but um yeah i I try to change mine every week so that way people don't pick up any sort of pattern on on me though that now they now they've got the pattern but they've got four now they got to boil down to four numbers but which number will you pick if if you haven't done already i would set up a spreadsheet for your league track your fab track your standing 
guys, right? Mm-hmm. Track track the those roster target or not roster um category categorical targets you had at the beginning of the season minus what your team has done and see if you're on track to hit those targets. Like this yep. is a you know um and figure out where you're weak compared to other members of your league. Like this is the time to do that if you haven't already. So that way, you know, as we start getting a summer and some people start tuning out, you can take advantage in your league. Yep. I think that's that's absolutely a great way to do it. And again, I just cannot stress enough how no league is dead yet. I know some of y'all out there probably have devastating teams with a bunch of injuries. And some of those, yes, they are dead. I know there's outliers. But generally speaking, if you're you know dealing with standard injuries that everyone kind of gets and you've got some capable stars and you've got a few breakouts and, you know, it's not going that poorly, but you're sitting in 12th out of 12 or 12 out of 15. Do not give up. I promise you. Like my bet, my beat Paul Sport. Like I said, I live up to that every year. They beat the shit out of me. But I'm sitting there in 12th and I'm looking at it and I'm like, I'm still going to make a move. I'm going to do my best to make a move because I look at the team. I see where the standings are, where I can make moves. This is why, like, the spreadsheeting it out is really important because, like, it's one thing to look at your team and go, oh man, I'm, you know, this many standings points behind. And it's another thing when you spreadsheet it out and you go, well, I can gain six points in runs and mm-hmm. eight points in batting average like you know when you start you looking really at that know. way yeah i mean you know we talked about it on tuesday but i gained 13 and a half points in the standings in one day on monday and that's an outlier day but still yeah. yeah exactly and we're still doing that you're still doing that on may 28th mm-hmm. in the main event here like it's out there the points yeah. are out there in most leagues we're not even halfway not through the up. season like, no a lot just I know it sucks when you don't get out to a good start. You want to check your roster every day and have a good time with it. I get all that, but don't lose sight of the fact that you can still win. I promise yeah. you some of you are in damn near dead last right now. You're going to win your damn leagues if you just stick with it. So that's what we'll end with. Are you and Jason going this weekend? Uh, yes, we are. And we've got a special guest, John Legaza, and he'll be Excellent. Tell my set doing- low. I will. He's been doing some fun stuff on his podcast with fan graphs and, uh, a friend graphs tool so we're going to talk about that a little bit and then Excellent. we're going to talk I love his, uh i love his holding him accountable or the call out series too where he's like these are some things i disagree with and he puts mm-hmm. out his point and I, I love that it's 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 all friendly there's never he, he, he can't seem to let go of bobby dahlbeck though he sent me a tweet the other day he goes it's happening bobby dahlbeck he hit a home run today he's it's please like, and I just sent him, oh, I've got video uh, of it. And I sent him a picture of Charlie Brown or a gift of Charlie <laughs> Brown trying to kick the football. Like, exactly. Like, exactly. Stop, Johnny. Like, no, no. My man. Stop. He, just, he has a blind spot. Like, like we I don't know. There. We, mm-hmm. we all, hey, you know, we, I we still all think have Bradley guys. Zimmer is going to be a thing. Exactly. You know, and I told everyone to draft a kill by Doom. Mm-hmm. Um, so listen, we all, we all have our misses, but I do not think Bobby Dahlbeck is going to turn it around for him. No. I'm I'm not gonna chalk it up as a dub yet because I don't want to take that ugly L where you, you know, pre took. Um, I, I already I already did that. But I feel pretty good. I feel yeah. pretty good about trying to dissuade folks from taking mm-hmm. Bobby Dalbeck. But like I said, I had John Badu, so we're we're net even. Yeah. Anyway, Justin, have a great weekend. Good luck with uh with or not you know hope everything goes well with the with the sixth grade uh, finalization for for your child. I know that's a big they call it promotion. Okay, good because it's not a graduation. It's and not I a graduation. Want to call it that? But no. I'm not a parent either, so who am I to no, even speak on this stuff? But I don't like like the kindergarten graduation or the sixth grade graduation. But a that's at least cute. Yeah, the, the kindergarten, kindergarten one is cute. I agree. Cute, but uh, yeah, I'm glad the sixth grade is just a promotion now. So high school next year, right? Middle school, middle school, middle school, middle school. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just gave you a heart attack. I'm so Ooh, sorry. Middle God, school. Is it's it weird enough nine? that I'm going to have uh, seven through eight or seven oh, and eight. Just seven um, and eight. Okay. And then you yeah. go nine through. I know it's, I, I was seven, eight as well. So I, I was six, seven, eight was middle school for us. And then yeah. it was nine uh, through 12. So anyway, I'm a million years old. Justin, have a great weekend. Good luck with uh, Jason and Johnny. And I'll talk to you later. Take it easy.